1: Larry Bluestein, Danny Garcia, taking you up until 845. Then we'll lead right into the Miami Heat pregame show. They're on the West Coast against the Los Angeles Lakers. Seems like they've been on the West Coast forever. Um, I know that they've been on for a couple weeks, especially. And they'll, I believe they ended up uh, this week and then they head back home. But we'll have the pregame show for you coming up and then the uh, game about 10 o'clock or so one of the programs in the offseason and if you know that university of south florida over the last uh five six seven years every time they got a new head coach whether it was skip holtz or whether it was uh jeff scott there was a lot of promises made uh and things really didn't deliver but uh this time around things have been been different um Coach Golish came along during the offseason, got the job, hit the ground running, came from Tennessee uh, where he did tremendous as not only a coordinator but also recruiting-wise. He came into Tampa with a plan. He got the ball rolling. He came in at a good time when they were building the indoor facility, came in with a plan, kind of spearheaded and helped to spearhead the stadium, which was approved. Uh, and then he went and, uh, and took care of business. This team made a bowl game, I believe, for the first time in five years. Uh, he started really laying the groundwork, came down, played in the Boca Bowl, showed the entire country what this program's about. And I think – and. Um, I'm sure everybody else does, that the Bulls have certainly turned things around. Somebody who's watched all this, ups, downs, and everything else, is Joey Knight uh, from the Tampa Bay Times. He's kind enough to join us. Joey, thanks so much for taking the time. Happy New Year, and it was great to see you up in Tallahassee. You
2: too, Larry. Great seeing you. Happy New Year to you and yours as well.
1: You got to be excited. I mean, I know that it's tough for media to be fans, but you always like to cover winning programs and programs that have a direction. And as I said, you've been in on the last couple of regimes. And, you know, as as somebody who's lived in that area for a while, you've watched this program through its ups and downs. Jim Levitt, who had them up and then they went down and uh, they've been all around the place. Uh, But... This regime seems like it's for real. It's made some promises when it came in, Uh, not only Coach Golish but a lot of the assistants, and with what they've done by making a bowl game in their first year and winning convincingly and then having a great recruiting season, I think things are starting to move in a very positive direction.
2: Absolutely, and as you alluded to, Larry, it's a lot more fun covering the bulls these days. I, I covered a lot of bad football over my decade or so and it's just, you know, when you try to be remain diplomatic and put some kind of positive touch on a on miserable teams and miserable seasons, that gets old in a hurry. And plus, you know, quite frankly, the readers check out. You know, you're an irrelevant program, the readers are disinterested. But all that slipped this year, with with the style of football Alex Golish brought in, and I, I got to level with you. This this program is in a better position probably since 2017, when Quentin Flowers and Marquez Valdez Scantling and and all those guys, several of whom made the NFL, yeah. you know, since, since they left. I, I think it's in the best spot it's been. Since then, uh, you know, as you mentioned, they, they, they trampled Syracuse, 45 to nothing in the Boca Bowl, so they finished seven and six, their first winning record since 2018. They've got, you know, they, they were not terribly diminished by the portal. There, there's a handful of guys who left, but the significant, you know the key guys, Byron Brown, namely the quarterback, their remaining, Sean Atkins, who had a breakthrough year at, at, at receiver, set a number of receiving records. He's remaining um, two or three guys on the offensive line with eligibility remaining or intact. And there's two or three or four guys on defense that were key figures, veterans who, who are sticking around. And then on top of that, you know, they bring him, Golish brings in the, the top-ranked recruiting class in all the group of five. I, I mean, if nothing else Alex Golish is a grinder, and he's been grinding yeah. since he got here in early December you know, 2022, his, his head's been swimming, but, I mean, the results are obvious. Outstanding recruiting class, seven and six season, a much more stable roster, and finally, to top all that off, they've got renderings finally for their on-campus stadium, something fans mm-hmm. can visualize, and that's opening in 2027.
1: You know, Joey, I, I, I always call it, you know, when a coach comes in and he's rah-rah, I always call it call it paycheck loyalty because that's right. basically anywhere you're going to go in any shirt you put in you're going to kind of do what you can to get behind him but he seems like he's more uh, you know more genuine in, in what he does and when we were up in Tallahassee and he was at the the Bradford County Cocoa game watching the game and beforehand he was out you know on the sideline talking to a lot of the guys and I introduced him to somebody who went to USF but he was wearing an FSU shirt and he goes, what the heck are you doing? He says, you know, we need <laughs> to get out with more of a... He says, he says, let me get your address. I'm going to send you a nice USF shirt. So when you have guys like that, you know, and, and everybody came away. There was like five people on the sideline. And when he went and left and walked away, they all looked at me and they go what a guy, what a great guy. You know, I mean, well, oh, yeah. you know, well, a couple of them didn't even know it was him at first, you know, and, but that's the way he's been. And, you know, he came down and you look at recruiting South Florida. I know you and I talk when they had Quentin flowers, but they've really not been able to do down, you know, well down in South Florida, but then they came away, obviously with, with the brothers, um, the exhumed brothers from Miami Edison, which was, I thought huge because both of them were uh, being looked at Uh, and another kid that they have they haven't signed yet is the kid uh, Damian Gill. Uh, who who was uh, at Miami Killian, who's an edge rusher. I had an opportunity to watch him play, but he and Dalen Platt right now are still committed, but they haven't signed. But you talk about the kids that they did uh, sign on National Signing Day, and you look at probably one of the top ones they've had in a long time in Jonathan Jonathan Eccles. I mean, this right. kid is a big-time tight end prospect. He's like 6'5", 240, uh, IMG Academy. Uh, and then you get Fred Gaskins, who I've had an opportunity to see play. Fred never really played the the, the safety in the receiver position during the offseason because they needed him at quarterback at Ocala Vanguard. And then we got yeah. a chance to see in the state championship game Rodney Hill, the linebacker. So you look at those three, along with the Exum brothers, and pretty decent class.
2: Outstanding class. And I'll throw another one in there, this Juco All-American they got from Iowa Western, which won another Juco national title. They're kind of the Juco dynasty. His name's Jalen Pettis. He's a defensive end, and, you know, he had a heck of a national title game and has been tearing it up the last two years. USF got him as well. And, yeah, yeah, I think that probably has a little bit to do with Golish's Midwest ties. You know, he had some time at Iowa State and some other, you know, Ohio State briefly, some other places in the Midwest. So, yeah, this is this is a very solid class. And I think part of the reason for this success, as you alluded to, Larry, he, he's the genuine article. He's, yeah. you know, he, he he's very unpretentious. He's not a silver spoon guy. He was born in Russia, as a lot of people know. His family yeah. immigrated to New York when he was young. Uh, he played a little high school football, but he was never a college player. He, you know, he just... He started from the, from the grassroots up, learning his craft and just being a gopher and a grunt and doing whatever it took. I mean, he didn't have a pot to you-know-what in, and he just worked his way up. He's a grinder. And I think that comes through whenever, you know, whenever he's doing these in-home visits and dealing with recruits and talking to mom and dad. This, this guy is, a, a, you know for lack of a better term, a, a down-to-earth guy, a genuine article. Like I say, unpretentious. And I think that comes through, and I think that's been proven through the years, wherever he's been in recruiting. He's, he's you know, his reputation as recruiter preceded him at USF. And last year, you know, I remember their, their really signing day celebration was the February period, because he really didn't have time to assemble a class in December. So year one was kind of a wash, but year, year two, lo and behold, the top-rated signing class in the group of five, and I think that's a direct reflection of Alex Golish.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Joey Knight's joining us, um, covers everything at the University of South Florida, obviously. uh, uh, Do you cover baseball there, too, and basketball, or no?
2: I I do a little bit of those sports, a a little bit of men's and women's basketball, not as much as I used to. Uh, I kind of focus heavily on football these days.
1: Which isn't a bad thing, obviously. And you take a look at this program now, and I read, I think last week or the week before where their aim over the next couple of years is to get in a power five conference. And obviously, you right. know, as well as I do, it's a natural, they're a large market, one of the largest markets in the country, as far as TV radio, um, certainly, uh, uh you know, like UCF and being in Orlando and having an opportunity, you know, to enhance, Uh, The Big 12 because of their, you know, because of the market that they have and because of, you know, the TV coverages and uh, the same thing. You know, you take a look at some of these programs like in the A and the uh, SEC, uh, Nashville and Vanderbilt happen to be the big uh, the big guns. I mean, because they're located in a a big market. Talk about that, because I think it makes a difference, because if you're in Tampa, uh, more people are going to hear about you, obviously.
2: Absolutely. The infrastructure is there now. Not only the market, which which speaks for itself, one of the, you know, I think still one of the top 15 largest media markets in the country. So you're going to have eyeballs on USF and Tampa if they're in a a major conference. But the infrastructure is there. You've got this on-campus stadium. You have renderings. You have plans. I mean, it's been signed off by the, the Board of Trustees and the administration. It's going forward. So you have something tangible. You can say, hey, We're going to be playing on campus in this palatial new stadium in 2027. And not to be taken lightly, Larry, the football program has a pulse. Winning does matter when you're trying to make it to the next level. They are academically elite at USF, one of the more elite public universities in the country. They've achieved that status. And that's something. That's part of the equation but your football team has to be competitive. It's got to be something people want to watch. And they haven't had that in about a half decade. Now they have it. That's part of the infrastructure, and I I truly believe that. You've got a a program on the rise that provides an entertaining brand of football. Now you've got an on-campus stadium in the works to go along with it, to go along with Tampa and the media market and so on. So everything is in place, and we don't know what the – what the power five or the power four is going to look like going forward. If the, if the ACC, you know, kind of goes off in its own directions and these schools, you know, like the, the FSUs and the North Carolinas and the Miami's of the world, you know, go, go in a different direction, you know, the ACC is going to have to replenish. So we don't know what's going to happen, but I do know that USF is in a much better position now than they were even 12 months ago, Larry.
1: I agree with you. Alabama last year, Miami's coming in this year. You guys are getting uh, uh, real good teams coming in to uh, Raymond James, kind of setting the table. Joey, let everybody know how they can follow your website, also your social media.
2: I'm at uh, TV Times underscore Bulls on social media on X, and all our stuff is on com.
1: Brother, I can't thank you enough. Uh, we'll hook up uh, in the next month or so, see what they did in the second cycle of the recruiting.
2: That sounds great, Larry. Good talking to you. You,
1: you too. Joey Knight from the Tampa Bay Times uh, covering University of South Florida. and That was pretty decent to cover them this year. Winning season at 7-6. and six. Uh, their head coach is just a, a bubble of energy who loves the game and is very passionate.
0: Why? Why?
2: If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours.
1: Why? Why?
2: Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why?